You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here, to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week, we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Well, this week, you get to listen to my recent episode on the Just Go Bike podcast. Along with most organized bike rides and races, the seven-day tour I talk about all the time, Ragbri, was a little different this year due to COVID. I tracked down a few people who participated in virtual Ragbri to find out the what, the why, the when, and the how they spent their week. Here are their stories. Enjoy. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Okay, well, first up is Josh. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Pretty good. Good. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, and hopefully you have um, some good stories to tell us about your virtual ragbri. Well, why don't we start out by uh, telling us where you're from, like, or where you live now, and what cycling is like there. So I'm currently in the Cedar Falls Waterloo area, mm-hmm. and for the most part, it's relatively flat compared to the most of the other Iowa yeah. areas. I think the trail system is just amazing in the Waterloo area. Yes, both Waterloo, Cedar Falls, and out to Evansdale and beyond are all connected by the Cedar Valley trail system. So we all know that uh, Ragbri couldn't go on as normal here in 2020, um, but they had what's called a virtual ride. Um, You still did Ragbri, you just did it on your own terms. So Maybe give the listeners an idea of how or why you decided to join the virtual ride this year. It actually, for me, biking this year started with virtual races just as a way to get back in shape. Hmm. I started doing some just at-your-own-pace virtual races in April and just started building the mileage over time and saw middle of June when I was at about 20 miles a, a day build up that Ragbri was doing a virtual event this year instead. Mm-hmm. And like, well, I've got four weeks. Surely I could get from 20 miles a day to at least 40 to 50 miles a day in four weeks. And why not have a good push to kind of finish out the summer before I go back to instructing during the fall? Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, having virtual Ragbri was exactly what you said. It was that push to go from you know, I, I kind of want to go for a ride to, I probably should go for a ride. I need to uh, get my fitness level up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, a broad question is, how did you do? Which, you know, when it's virtual, um, it's really just you against you. So I'm assuming that you are, you know, felt success, but how did you do? So I hit all the mileage goals and a little bit more each day. That's um, awesome. Out of the 420-mile minimum, I got 455 miles, which includes the century loop and then just a little bit of overage each day just to make sure the GPS registered every time. And how did you decide where to go? 
Uh, a lot of it came from looking at the Virtual RAGBRAI Facebook group. A lot of people nearby were posting pictures of the trails in their area that I'd never seen before. Mm. I just kind of ran the numbers, like from Cedar Falls to Shell Rock was a certain distance, and then there's a beautiful trail up in the Shell Rock area. And it's like, oh, if I go to Shell Rock on the bicycle, I can bike so many miles on the trail and come back home, and that makes... 60 miles or 70 miles or however much the distance was that mm-hmm. day. And were you able to do any of virtual RAGBRAI uh, with friends or were you solo each day? Mostly solo. I had one day that my eight-year-old son joined me for about 22 miles of an in-city loop. Otherwise, it was on my own with the exception of one day where I did a one-way trip from Cedar Falls to Rockford, Iowa to do some fossil hunting on my bicycle and then my family picked me up at the end of the ride. Oh, excellent. Uh, fossil hunting, is that what you said? Yes. So, are, how so we, you, yeah, go ahead. Every, every day of Radbri, we had a different theme. And the, the Tuesday trip was a really fun one for me because it's supposed to be a storytelling theme. So I started off at Cedar Falls in my house with the goal that I was going to travel to Rockford, Iowa, I was going to take a roundabout route crossing the Shell Rock River, I think, five times and explore the different fossil-type formations that you can find all along the way. Nice. And so I did a little bit of gravel riding and actually found a nice piece of crystallized coral fossil in the gravel. And that's what gravel is, is it's old limestone that's been crushed. So Mm -hmm. if you find the right piece of limestone, you can find coral. And biked all the way up to Rockford, where we were then digging up Devonian shells and different fossils there at the very end of the ride. And I put that all into a photo journal that was then put onto the RAGBRAI Facebook page. Oh, awesome. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Actually, our listeners will probably need to check that out. (laughs) Um, Did you take the week off of work, or did you try and juggle both getting your miles in and uh, working? It was about 75-25. Mm-hmm. I did, especially the mornings were beautiful. 60 miles is a good morning with the afternoon off to then kind of do whatever. And that was a big difference from what I've heard from normal RAGBRAI, where you take the whole day to go 60 miles because it's a big social event Mm -hmm. when you've got the other however many hundred people around you. Mm -hmm. When it's kind of your own thing, it's like you can take all day to do 60 miles, but then you're kind of bored because that's like a five-mile-an-hour pace. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> if I'm out there by myself, I'm pushing 10 to 16 miles per hour. I can knock out the 60 miles in the morning and then get paperwork done in the afternoon just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to ask you if there's anything memorable that you'd like to share with listeners. But, I mean, the fossil hunting is pretty cool in itself. But be- beyond that, is there anything memorable you want to share? Well, it was my first century ride. Oh, nice. I've never... This, up until this spring, I'd never gone more than maybe five, ten miles on my bicycle. And starting in April with the eight-mile workouts and then getting to ten miles and then 20. And then by middle of June, to know that I can go 100 miles in one day, for me, was a big, memorable achievement. Mm -hmm. And I can think back to my very first time doing a century I felt like my fitness was going to be great. And then when I got, you know, hours and hours into it, it became more of a mental game than a physical game for me. I don't know if you can speak to how you felt at the end of your century. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every minute of it. 
Um, so for my century, I went up north a little bit to Finchford, Iowa, to do some bird watching in the wetlands at sunrise. And then I went from there all the way down to Brandon, Iowa, to do the giant frying pan, mm-hmm. because why not? <laughs> um, that full round trip is exactly 100 miles. Ah. And then I got one mile extra because I just had to get a nice coffee when I got back. Nice. Um, so I wound up with 101. But for me especially, I broke up the day into 20-mile segments, and I did something you never do on Radbri, and that's every 20 miles I changed out of my sweaty shirt into a fresh shirt. Oh, nice. And the feeling of changing into a fresh shirt and removing all that filth and grime you build up from the sweat it was like a mental reset, and I was good to go. I cleared the full 101 miles that I wound up doing in a little bit over nine hours and got home. I could go up and down stairs without pain, so I considered it a good day. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and for anyone who has not been to Brandon, Iowa, it's literally a frying pan that like I've put my bike into the frying pan for photos. So I don't know if it's the world's largest or the um, Iowa's largest, but it's definitely a memorable place to visit. Yes. And I ran into the crew of a different solo rag briar who was there waiting for them to show up. So ah. their crew took a picture of me in the frying pan. So it wasn't just my bicycle in the pan. Ah, very good. That's awesome. Well, um, since we're talking about virtual RAGBRAI, what is your history with RAGBRAI? None. <laughs> um, I've, I've heard about it. I've been in Iowa for seven years now, and I've heard about it, but I've never taken the steps to even get remotely into the correct physical shape for this event. Sure. So now that, okay, so you haven't done RAGBRAI when there's 15,000 people riding around you. Um, but now that you know you can do the miles, is it something that you will put in your future? Oh, definitely. That's awesome. It's a, I, I mean, it's, it was a huge loss not to be able to ride with friends, but virtual RAGBRAI was still really motivating and really fun. And it sounds like you had a great time. Yeah. Well, and the virtual RAGBRAI experience is what you make out of it. There were people who were able to log all 420 miles sitting on a stationary bicycle in their basement. Mm. And that worked for them. It would never have worked for me. <laughs> right. So it, it really became what you made out of it. And I put every ounce of my creativity into the, the daily stories we were supposed to tell through the, applica- through the app online. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so much for uh, popping on the podcast and and sharing your story. And hopefully if people um, are on the Facebook page for Virtual RAGBRAI, uh, they can track down some of your photos and your story because it sounds pretty amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. No problem. All right. Thank you. Sure thing. All right. Well, next up on the podcast is Gretchen. Hey, Gretchen. Hey there, how are you? I'm very good. Well, uh, you are on the podcast because you did virtual RAGBRAI, so I would love to hear your story. Um, But first, will you tell the listeners where you're from and what cycling is like there? Yes, I live in Chicago, and cycling here is glorious. Um, It's nice and flat. 
We have the beautiful lakefront path to cycle on, which I think is one of the most beautiful cycling paths in the world. Mm. And um, we have had three mayors in a row um, that have been really committed to cycling. So we are always adding cycling paths. And here in Chicago, we we love to cycle. And we and there are people who cycle all winter. I am not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spent, uh, I think it was three days in Chicago for a class so that I could learn how to teach cycling to other students. And mm-hmm. it was just glorious pedaling around. Um, and of course, you know, our instructor took us to great places like you mentioned, but then also he took us through downtown Chicago so that we could learn how to tell people to manage through traffic. And it was it was so fun. Uh, the last day it rained the whole day, but even then we still had a blast. So I, I really enjoyed being there. Yeah, it's a it, Chicago is a great city to cycle in. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. Okay, so you did virtual ragbri, and how and why did you decide to do it? Well, I was really excited to do ragbri this year. Yeah. Um, this is my seventh time, mm. and I didn't get to do it last year because I had a torn meniscus. Oh. So I spent a big chunk of the summer on the couch with ice on my knee. So I was really looking forward to this summer. And then, you know, as things kind of developed in the spring, it just sort of became more and more obvious that ragbri would probably be canceled mm-hmm. and that even if it happened, I would have thought that it would be too risky to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I got the word that it was canceled. It was, you know, a disappointment, but not a surprise. Um, but another thing that was really hard was that Mayor Lightfoot closed the lakefront path. Oh. So that gorgeous, gorgeous path, um, my favorite place in the city to cycle was closed for two months from the end of March to the end of June. Um, but then when I got the email about virtual rag ride, I'm not going to lie. My first, my first impulse was just to be like, okay, this sounds kind of dumb. <laughs> and then 15 min- minutes later, I was like, I got to do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I was just, and I was like really excited about it. And I decided um, just to like be a good camper and to stay excited and I had never, um, I still am walking. I feel very lucky about that. And I had never, I had taken the time off for Ragbri, and I had never told my boss that I wasn't going to take that week off. So I just let her know. I said, by the way, I'm, I'm still taking that time off. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just really great. I think, you know, so many of us, you know, we're so exhausted, but we don't want to take any vacation because what are we going to do on our vacation? Right. Just hang around the house. And I think it was really great to have a vacation that was so similar to what my vacation would have been anyway. Right. It was just a real um, touchstone of normalcy in the summer, I thought. Yeah. And, and, and like you I said, went, having something to look forward to and something to actually have a reason to bike for, I think is definitely something that virtual ragbri brought to a lot of people. Exactly. And the lakefront path opened up again on June 22nd. Ooh, perfect. And in the, 
was perfect. But in the meantime, I had been cycling on a lot of paths in the city that I kind of knew about, but had never really cycled on before because, um, because I just love the lakefront so much. So I, I had already kind of started learning some more paths around mm. the city that I hadn't, that I hadn't cycled on before. And so then when I was able to get on the lakefront path again, I was just so happy. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it is fun. I did the same thing where I, um, decided to go to new places just because I didn't want to go where a lot of people were, or like you said, it was actually areas that were closed. So I learned a lot of new places to bike as well. So, so when you actually started doing virtual ragbri, how did you decide where to pedal each day? Well, I kind of had my favorite paths. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the lakefront path, and then there's um, the great path that goes um, up on along the North Shore along, um, it's called the Green Bay Trail that goes up north of the city. And, um, and then there's great, great um, Cook County Forest Preserve trails, one of which goes up to the Botanic Garden, and there's lagoons you can ride around. So I knew I wanted to ride in those three places. Um, especially, but on, on the Monday there, no, the first day, the Sunday, there was, um, a thunderstorm. And so I decided to ride up and down the lakefront path because I knew that that would make it really easy to get shelter when I needed shelter. So I was able to sort of like dodge in and out and, um, and, you know, get some riding in because I don't, I don't mind getting wet, but I don't want to get struck by lightning. (laughs) And there was one time I was in an underpass, um, all by myself. And I just remember thinking if I were on Ragbri, there would be like 200 sweaty people in here with me. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie. I kind of missed them. Um, but it was still, you know, that was, that was a great day. And then I just kind of played it by ear from that, from there. I didn't like, you know, really strictly, um, strictly plan it out. Although I knew on that 88 mile day that I would do, um, the Green Bay trail because that's, you know, gloriously straight and fast. And Mm -hmm. so I knew that was like the best trail to like, you know, to do the mileage. Mm -hmm. Did you do most of your miles with friends or um, solo? No, I did it solo. Mm -hmm. I did it solo. Um, Some of my friends got together to ride um, the Sunday one, but I just felt, um, you know, under the current circumstances that it was just like a little bit safer to be by yourself and Mm -hmm. to stay, you know, to stay solo. But I made a couple of friends on the Facebook page for Virtual Ragbri, which was great. I loved the Facebook page. Awesome. And um, and my friend Liz and I met up on that 88-mile day, one mile south of the Wisconsin border. So she was doing the century, and I wasn't. But we were just kind of, you know, in the morning, just kind of like um, – you know, we knew we were on kind of a similar path and we were messaging, we were using Facebook Messenger to messenger each other. Cool. So, um, so the two of us met up and it was so cute when we saw each other because we came riding towards each other. We had never met before, but we felt like it felt like meeting an old friend. Uh-huh. So it was really, it was really fun to, um, to hang out with her for a little while. And then, you know, obviously text each other when we got home safely after my 88 miles and her hundred miles yeah yeah and what a great story like just to you know you don't know each other but yet you feel like you know each other because of this circumstance yeah we know each other now yeah that's awesome um well obviously you took the week off work so you did not have to juggle both of them but it still had to have been weird because normally uh you know real rag bry you 
are kind of stuck away from home and no distractions or you're camping or you have an RV or it's just different. So how did you, how did you do that? You know, it was, it was kind of weird, but I'm not going to lie. It was nice to come home and be able to take as long a shower as I wanted. And it was nice not to have to worry about putting up my tent. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I also, of course, you know, missed, missed that part of the experience. And I really loved, that's why I loved like every day, get up going on Facebook at the end of the day, I would make myself a root beer float, even though it wasn't from Beekman's, it was still a root beer float. Mm-hmm. And I would get online and like, look at everyone's pictures of where everyone else had been. And that was a great thing too, because, um, you know, who see where people were in Iowa, of course, and see where people were in Texas and Washington, D.C. And there was a guy in Panama who rode the whole thing on a stationary bike. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, it, I mean, that was really um, that was really a special part, a really special part of it was mm-hmm. to just kind of like, you know, get to know people um, from all over the country. And you would like see the same people liking things and kind of, you know get to know people. So that was that was really special. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And of course, you know, meeting um, Liz for the first time on a bike ride was definitely a memorable moment. But any other moments that you can think of that were like, Oh, I love this part of this week? Yeah, you know, every single one of those paths, I took farther than I ever had before. Um, So, you know, when I would ride the like front path, south um i would go as far south as the old u.s steel site but um this week i went to the u.s steel site site into the site and rode around and then i went all the way to the indiana border Hmm. and there's an old marker there that's one of the oldest structures in chicago it was built in 1838 to mark to mark the state boundary and then um Going north on Green Bay Trail, I went past the Green Bay Trail, onto the Robert McClory Trail, and all the way to Wisconsin. Um, so even though I didn't cross Iowa, I did cross <laughs> Illinois, because I went from, from Indiana to Wisconsin. And um, another path that I went on, I didn't even know that it went another four or five miles south of where I thought it went. I thought it stopped at this awesome hot dog stand called Superdog. Mm. Um, but apparently you can eat a super dog and keep going another four or five miles out. <laughs> Work off so, that super dog. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think all, in all of those cases too, I just felt like I was looking at Chicago through rag eyes. Yeah. I love that, it. You know, and like when you're doing rag that's like, that's all you're doing. All you're doing is riding your bike. You see something interesting, you stop and you look at it. Um, you see someone you want to talk to, you stop and you talk to them because you're not going to have another chance. You know, you're going to ride by and this is your one chance. And so I think that was, you know, taking this time and doing it this way, it just really gave me a chance to look at Chicago and the suburbs around Chicago and Indiana and Wisconsin. Um, the way that I look at Iowa when I ride Rag Rye, it was really special. I love that. That's great. Um, and, you know, speaking of Real Rag Bri, I think you mentioned you've done it seven times? Seven times, including this time, okay. which I'm totally counting this time. Yes, you have to count it. Yeah. I totally count it. <laughs> well, do you remember what made you do that first Rag Bri? Yeah, my friend Sarah um, was convincing me to do it. She knew that I had um, ridden before. Like when I was younger, I used to do triathlons. Um, my main sport is swimming, actually. 
And um, so she had been like kind of convincing me to do it and convincing me to do it. And, you know, finally she just like broke me down and I did it. Um, and I did, I went to grad school at the University of Iowa. So I had known about it for a long time. Um, but, you know, it's just sort of having a friend and she um, and she's with the Cubs, the Chicago Urban Bicycling Society. Oh, okay. So yeah. um, so I so I ride with them. Um, and so, you know, I did it in the for the first time in 2010 and just fell in love. Awesome. Any uh, great memories you want to share? Every day on Ragbri is a great memory. Uh, for sure. I agree with <laughs> I, that. <laughs> you know, there's just something about it. Um, you know, in recent years, I've done it a lot with um, one of my best friends from growing up. You know, and we're adults with jobs, and he's got a family, and we live in different towns. But um, just like every afternoon, just to be, you know, riding your bike with your best friend, just like you would have done when you were seven. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that makes that makes every afternoon on Radbri kind of golden. I agree. Yeah. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And I just love that you, you know, have made new friends and found new places to bike and that you enjoyed yourself. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I really appreciate it. And um, thanks for the chance to talk about Ragbri. As you can probably tell, I could talk about Ragbri all day. <laughs> Me too. All right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Well, next up is Sharon. Hey, Sharon, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Good. Well, um, Sharon is not in her normal home location. She's in Colorado right now. So I appreciate you being on the podcast. And I secretly wish that I was up in the mountains somewhere right now, too. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yes. Good. Well, when you're not on vacation, where are you from? And what's the cycling like there? I'm from Northeast Iowa, a small town called Waverly, Iowa, mm. and we kind of tend to stay on trails just because of traffic, and it's more rural farm community. Mm -hmm. You get tractors and farm equipment, lots of semis on the road. So we do mostly trails, have a nice group of about lo 20 local cyclists, and I tend to be the group leader, send out the meeting requests mm -hmm. and things like that, so... We have a lot of fun with our local group. Now, I've been on the Cedar Valley Nature Trail many times, and I don't recall. Does it actually go to Waverly? Not yet. Oh, okay. Okay. It, it would be nice when there's some talk about the old 218 road um, making a safer area, and that's actually not too bad for biking to Waverly. Mm -hmm. There's just not a good connection. You have to do a little gravel to get there. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Well, how did you decide to do virtual rag bride this year? I decided because a good friend of mine had hip surgery in February and he was rehabbing and bicycling quite a bit. And both of us had already signed up for rag bride for next year. Mm -hmm. So his goal was to have his hip surgery and do rag bride. And, you know, friends don't let friends ride alone. <laughs> right. You know, you got to ride with them. So it all started from there. How did you decide, like, where to pedal every day? Well, my friend kind of said, well, I've got some ideas. I've got a route. And he had things kind of laid out. And then we winged it from there. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, we need to have this many miles. We're going to do, you know, this loop and that loop. And then um, in the 
first part of the week, we took off on a camping trip to Decorah. So I actually did the Decorah Trail mm. four, four times to get my 40-some miles in, maybe 50 that day. And you probably had a little elevation, too, in oh, Decorah. Plenty of elevation. My legs felt it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. And so most of the time, were you with your friend, or were there times when you were solo as well? That was the only day we were solo. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we had a couple friends that would jump in and join us. Uh, spouse mm-hmm. would jump in and join us. Um, and then our usual Taco Tuesday ride group, uh, we actually switched it to Wednesday, and they joined us. So we we had lots of friends along the way. That's good. Not not like real rag bride, but it's still nice to be able to catch up with friends. Right, right. Yeah. So were you able to take time off to just do virtual rag bride, or were you juggling life and work and other things? Well, that was the other great thing about this year. I retired October Ooh. of 2019, and my motto was, I have a plan for retirement. It's called cycling. <laughs> nice. And... <laughs> So this other friend of mine retired in June. So we were both like, well, we're retired. We can do what we want. Let's go. Yeah. And congratulations on retirement. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Well, any memorable things that happened during virtual RAGBRAI? One of the funniest things, because we were a little bit out of our time and out of our, you know, usual route. We stopped in Reedland, and I don't know how familiar you are with Reedland, but there is a park in town with the old grump because that's their motto. <laughs> so we got there, took a picture with the old grump, and the 7 o'clock whistle went off right above us. I bet we both jumped 10 feet high. <laughs> <laughs> it was so loud. We just laughed. We oh. didn't expect it at all. <laughs> and why would a seven o'clock whistle? Like I would, I can see five o'clock or noon, but what? I wonder what it signifies. Well, most of the whistles in Iowa were for the farmers to know when it was time to go in the field, oh. time to eat lunch, time for supper to come in out of the field. And it is a very rural farming community. It just didn't change. They just keep the whistle. Ah, or it was somebody watching you two taking photos and we're like, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did happen again one other time we went through, but we weren't under the water tower where the whistle was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, I'm assuming that you have done the regular rag bry. Is that true? I have. And how many times have you done it? I've done 10 full weeks. Wow. And most of the other years were at least two to three days, if, you know, if that all worked out. Again, because I was working, it was easier just to jump in for a few days. Mm-hmm. And do you remember back to your first RAGBRAI, like what made you want to do it or how did you decide to do it? So my very first RAGBRAI was my husband's idea. He wanted to do RAGBRAI and I had just graduated from the University of Iowa. And so I was between taking my boards, getting my pharmacy license and I had a little time off. So we did RAGBRAI the Mm. whole week. And you were hooked. And well, at that time, I said, you know, I don't know if I'd take a whole week off again, you know, to ride across Iowa, but I really liked it. And then I had four kids. And in 1997, I said, I need a break. I'm going to go through <laughs> rag ride. <laughs> 
that's that's great. So can you ride away from children? I did kind of, but they've all ridden <laughs> rag right now too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any good like rag ride memories you want to share with our listeners? Um, I think one of the most recent memories was when Ragbury went through Ames, mm-hmm. and I, I was riding, and I still ride with the Iowa Pharmacy Foundation, so we stop at pharmacies along the way, mm. and one of our group leaders, Troy Trigstap from Pharmacy Times, was making a point to get to a certain pharmacy, and he wanted somebody to go with him, so, you know, I'm game to go, and it was only like a mile away, so we wanted to get to the pharmacy before it closed. Except we took a wrong turn, and we ended up doing 20 miles, and half of that was gravel. Then there was a bridge out, and we had people doing constructions around us, and we were walking through the construction zone carrying our bikes, and we finally made it to the pharmacy, and it was closed. Oh, of course it was. But it was quite the adventure. (laughs) Well, knowing that, um, well... Let's cross our fingers that virtual RAGBRAI is a one-and-done type thing. But will you, now that you're retired, are you going to put RAGBRAI on your calendar for future? Oh, yes. I saved my registration for next year. Yeah. And I would like to see the virtual continue because I think of people, especially if you had surgery and you're rehabbing and you can't really get on a bike. How many people do we have that did stationary bikes? Yeah, and it's just like good incentive. You know, I a lot of times I need some f- event or some reason to keep training. And right. Virtual RAGBRAI definitely did that for myself and a lot of people. Uh-huh. And people that were, you know, pretty much homebound and couldn't get out. I was amazed how much time they did spend on either an indoor trainer or an indoor bike. But the thing I loved the most was all the pictures and showcasing the trails because now that I can travel and do things, I'm going, I'd like to go to that trail. I'd like to visit that park. Yeah. An easy way to get a bucket list going of places to uh, take your bike. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story. And uh, I'm going to have to like find you on Facebook so I can follow the cool places that you go on your bike in the future. I'm very glad that we had this time to chat and we had a great time on Virtual Rag Bride. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Next up, we have Liz. Hey, Liz, how's it going? Wonderful. How are you doing today? Really good. Well, I'm um, glad that you're able to come on the podcast and talk about your virtual rag bri, which uh, I think everyone's kind of having that post virtual rag bri depression, you know, back to normal life. Uh, whatever normal is these days. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Who knows, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, before we talk yeah. about virtual RAGBRAI, do you want to tell us um, where you're from and what the cycling community is like there? Yeah, absolutely. So I've lived in Chicago for uh, close to two decades now, and it's a great place to live if you're a cyclist. It's fairly flat, at least uh, in the part of town I'm in. If you go out to the northwest suburbs, you get quite a few hills. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great place to, to ride uh, for any level of fitness. And we've got an active, um, you know, racing community here for all types of racing, uh, track cycling, cyclocross, some mountain biking, road racing, etc. And then we have, you know, a lot of families that ride, mm-hmm. a lot of commuting. I've been involved in a variety of 
aspects of cycling since uh, the late 2000s. So it's a great place to be. The infrastructure continues to improve. We have a lot of trails, but in the city in particular and some of the near suburbs, we've got a lot of uh, bike lanes, protected lanes. And so it's really, um, in the time that I've been riding, the community has grown, mm-hmm. uh, including year-round cyclists. The winters here are obviously nothing to sneeze at, but uh, if you've got the right gear, you can just just keep on pedaling mm-hmm. unless there's ice on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is a great place to be. Maybe it doesn't prepare you for the Iowa Hills so much, but that's okay. Right. We manage. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, how or when or why did you decide to do virtual RAGBRAI this year? Yeah, I. Uh, this would have been my fifth consecutive RAGBRAI, mm. and it's become a bit of a family tradition now. I ride with my father-in-law, brother-in-law, and husband, and it just seemed wrong to not do it. Uh, it's not really July if you don't have RAGBRAI. And I had gone on to the website to see, well, you know, what what does this offer if I do actually officially register? And quite honestly, the patch is a very compelling reason Isn't to register cool? for just yeah. about anything. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I'm big on the memorabilia, but it also, uh, I am an extrovert. And so this whole quarantine period has been very challenging uh, for me. And one of the things I love about RAGBRAI, regardless of whether it's in person or virtual, is just the ability to meet new people. Mm -hmm. And so I was hoping um, to have the ability to connect with people in the Facebook group and make some new connections. uh, And I did. And that that was great. And also having the accountability of being able to report back that, you know, I rode 50 miles today, or I did a century or what mm-hmm. have you, or I just rode to the grocery store to pick up some pie. And all of that was, was completely uh, acceptable. And uh, it, it was a great opportunity to connect with people that I otherwise wouldn't have met in the sea of 20,000 riders. Right. And um, this, this happens to me almost every RAGBRAI where whether it's at the expo the first day or in the line to the bathrooms, I'll just randomly meet somebody and then somehow yeah. I will still, I will see that person all week long and I'll just be yeah. floored. Like, is that, are you the lady I met in the bathroom line on Sunday? <laughs> and you know, we'll have a laugh about it. And then there she is the next day. And then there she is the next day. And I'm always like, how is that happening out of 20,000 people? How do I keep seeing, you know, it's like a small community of thousands and thousands of people. And that story yeah. I have every year and, and actually, okay. So here's a funny story. A woman that I interviewed earlier for this podcast. So listeners, listeners have already heard her. Um, she told this great story about also, like you said, you know, meeting people through the Facebook group and she rode solo, but she decided that she was going to meet up with one of the people she met on her Facebook group. And guess who that person was? You. Me. <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah. how cool is that? So I interviewed Gretchen and you are Liz. So you are the Liz she spoke about. And I was floored. Yep. Like, how can that be? <laughs> Out of all the people that could have been on this podcast, it's two people that met because of Virtual RAGBRAI. Yes. We did not plan that. <laughs> we didn't plan. We didn't plan the interview. Uh, I'll I'll attest to that. <laughs> I thought that was so crazy. So so yeah, anyway, it uh, was great. Back to you know the specifics of virtual ragbri. Um, how did you decide where to pedal each day? Yeah, so I think uh, you know safety was the number one priority. One mm-hmm. of the benefits of 
of uh, being out on the actual ride, uh, you know, you just sort of, if you've got a flat tire, I can fix my own. But sometimes there's a benefit to flagging down uh, Air Force team members yeah. to get some assistance. Uh, obviously, that wasn't the case here. And so that, you know, there's safety in terms of being able to look after yourself, being able to feed yourself, uh, get water, which you know, I had to carry everything or at least try to. Um, and then just just being places that, um, you know, obviously minimizing potential exposure to uh, coronavirus, but then not – it can be challenging to be a solo female rider mm-hmm. uh, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just sat down and started looking at what are my options, road and trail, decided to opt for mostly trails uh, to be able to avoid – uh, a lot of car traffic, and then started asking questions of people who had been out riding. The The community, obviously, is Chicago-wide. It's a huge region, and I know folks that are out in the southwest suburbs, people who are in the north suburbs, people who are in other places where their, their local rides are areas that I don't go. Mm. So being able to say, hey, so uh, when you've gone out for longer rides, where are you getting water uh, are there any restaurants that are open that mm-hmm. are doing outdoor dining? Are there places that are following good cleanliness precautions that I could feel comfortable stopping to get a, a full meal um, and not feel like I'm, you know, have to go sit in a restaurant somewhere because that's not the ragbri experience. Um, but also, I don't want this to end up having um, ha- end up getting sick as a result of right. making. Um, unsafe choices and you just you don't know right um so i just did a lot of of research and then ended up deciding to explore someplace different i rode four out of the seven days um and i went i did not overlap any of my routes on any of those four days so it was we and that's how comprehensive our trail system is here and Mm -hmm. some of those trails i had to drive to some of them i was able to just leave my front door and be on the trail in a mile or two. So, uh, yeah, so safety was the biggest priority and I did not have any problems, didn't have any mechanical issues, didn't have any issues otherwise. Um, and, uh, I guess made, made good choices and got lucky with the weather and, um, my bike did not fail me. So it ended up being a great success. And that's funny you mentioned, you know, you didn't have a somebody from the military, you know, pop up as soon as you have a mechanical <laughs> because, you know, you think about that sometimes where you're like, oh, man, there's nobody around who can help me if yeah. I need it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, we already know because we heard from Gretchen earlier that uh, you guys at least met up at one point. I think that was Thursday, yeah. the day of the century ride. Yep. But for the, most, for the most part, were you solo or were you with a group? Yeah, I ended up, um, I rode with a friend of mine who lives out in one of the suburban areas, and we went on a trail where we could ride, we were both comfortable riding with our faces covered, and Mm -hmm. we could, the trail was empty um, based on where we were at the time of day, and so we were able to maintain a safe distance from each other, so she joined me for about 15 miles, uh, and then my husband rode with me on Saturday for a bit. Uh, and obviously we're quarantine buddies, so we could be a little right. more casual <laughs> right. in our face coverings. But most of it was solo. And uh, I think this has been a really interesting period of time. Uh, pan- hello, pandemic, right? right. <laughs> um, and and I think I was reflecting, I think, some at some point on Thursday about how 
incredibly different this rag bra experience was in that I'm not surrounded by people. I can't just buy a scotcheroo from a church bake sale. Um, and that's that was really sad. But at the same time, so much of the of the last I don't even know where we are at this point, six months mm. of being in lockdown. Um, there's everything has been called into question. And and so being able to go out alone and persevere and know, um, especially on the 100 mile day, when I left the house to have returned home in the evening thinking, wow, that was a really difficult thing. And I managed to do it all by myself. Mm. It was a good it's a good reminder to just even if things seem bad, just keep pedaling. Um, it's the cyclist version of Dory's just keep swimming. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and that, and, and I also rode in places where there was a lot of nature to look at and that was, that was peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was a completely different experience to be solo, but I think it was also the right choice. Um, and it, and it ended up having its own sort of benefits that I didn't, I don't usually get from the in-person ride because I'm spending my entire ride talking to people talking. and making friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you on just you know seeing nature, and I did the same thing where I rode on places, rode two places where I don't normally ride, and when you mm-hmm. are by yourself, you're like, oh, I didn't even know that flower field was there. Oh, I didn't know that yep. barn or whatever. You know, it's just it's a, a completely different experience, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so did you, uh, were you able to take the week off or did you juggle work and trying to fit your miles in? I ended up riding in Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I did two things. I worked mm-hmm. and I went to my chiropractor. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so both of which were important things. Sure, uh, sure. My, the place I work, we've been obviously trying to transition uh, a lot of things to be able to just maintain our organization's financial viability. So there were some things that came up at the last minute that I had to to work on, but that honestly was, it was fine. Um, Mm -hmm. I think one of the benefits of having real RAGBRAI is that I can tell my boss, I have no cell service for the next seven days. Right, right. And so please don't, please don't call me. And that's fine. It wouldn't, it, it hasn't been an issue and it wouldn't have been an issue if I took the entire week off, but it was, um, I, I got enough riding in to feel like I did actually get a vacation. And mm-hmm. when I came back to work this week, my brain felt just as recharged as it has in prior years. Oh, so, that's awesome. um, so yeah, it didn't, it was, uh, it was balancing by choice, but balance in all things, right? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, anything memorable worth sharing from your, um, the days that you were out on the bike? It was perfect weather, mostly overcast for most of the day. And that r- riding all the way, I went all the way up to Wisconsin and back, mm. um, riding into another state, even though it's not really, it's not that far. Uh, it, you know, it's only 50 miles one way only. <laughs> but uh, I, I hadn't done that ride before. And so that was just um, it was certainly memorable in the sense that I'm, not going to forget having made that whole trek. And I'm also not going to forget hitting save on my Garmin when I got home and saying, why is this not saving? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. uh, then getting a message later that, oh, Garmin is down due to, uh, I, I think that was a ransomware attack. So that was 
a little stressful. <laughs> yeah, super stressful but, for a lot yeah. of people because that was the yeah. century day when that happened. So, yeah. Yep. So you mentioned you have done five RAGBRAIs? Yeah. And yep, this was five. Do you remember how you decided to do that first RAGBRAI or, you know, what, what situation, like what made you want to do that first RAGBRAI? So... I have a friend from college who had been doing it for years shortly after college and she'd been pestering me and she did it with her brother who also went to our same school. Uh, and the timing was just never right. And it didn't seem like fun at that point in time to spend seven days on my bike. Uh, but I wasn't super big into riding in my twenties. Uh, and then I got into my thirties and uh, some things changed, but I think the big thing was that my father-in-law in, I believe, 2008 decided to do it. And he's been a lifelong cyclist mm-hmm. uh, and, and went with uh, a friend of his, my father-in-law, arriving, being really excited to, you know, go to Iowa mm-hmm. and then coming back at the end of the week and staying with us for a night and telling us about all the stories and, and whatnot. And so there was all this anticipation built up of this is so cool. And <laughs> he's also an extrovert. So this is his idea of an ideal vacation. Um, it's just meeting everybody. By the time 2015 rolled around, uh, my husband and brother-in-law decided to hop in mm. and join. The following year in 2016, it actually worked out perfectly that I was quitting my job. So I said, I'm going to go to Iowa for a week. Why not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it sounds great. I love to eat. I love to ride. Yeah. Um, and those, that's basically all you do all week. So I ended up just, just signing up. It was fun, and so kept coming back year after year. And I will say that that 2016 was exceptionally hilly. We started in southwest Iowa, Mm. and I was not prepared for that. (laughs) But I came back the next year anyway, um, (laughs) and have just it's just become a family thing now. And it's been great. And I'm hoping that um, you know this was going to be the year for my father-in-law to come back with his his new heart valve. So uh, that didn't happen, but. there's always next year. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> do you think 2021, you'll, you guys will all be back together? I think so. If it if we feel it's, it's safe to do so, yeah. uh, we yep. will certainly be there. And I know, um, obviously, it was a tough call for things to be, for the in-person event to be canceled this year, but it was the right call. And uh, we'll hope that there's a different situation and the world is in a better place next year so that uh, we don't have to do this virtually. Although, if we are doing it virtually, we may still make a family vacation out of it. Yeah, so. yeah, you could still, yeah, you could still make it fun. So, any great like ragbri stories that you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, uh, when I dug back into the uh, photo albums to see what I had yeah. from prior years, uh, I came up with two. One is Iowa specific in terms of scenery, and the other is just uh, completely different category unto itself. Uh, I, when I was a kid, my dad was very much into music of the Buddy Holly era. Mm. And so I always knew the story about the plane crash, but it, you know, and the, the day the music died and all of that, but I never gave much thought to where was the crash and maybe I can go visit there. Mm-hmm. I've been to the field of dreams. That's been my big Iowa uh, yeah. destination <laughs> yeah. goal. Um, so when I realized that Clear Lake was on the list for, I believe it was 2017, mm-hmm. uh, I made sure I had my iTunes playlist updated and uh, was just rolling into Clear Lake that last five, 10 miles of that evening. The lake was gorgeous. 
have the music blasting, people were singing with me. Uh, and that just, it felt like a, a tie back to my childhood in oh, a way yeah. that I hadn't been connected and being able to go visit the ballroom yeah. in the evening and just feel like, the, you know, some places just have a presence mm-hmm. uh, and that's, that's one of them. So that was really neat. That's an and awesome story. It was, it was so cool. Yeah. Um, and I hope to go back to Clear Lake someday just as a straight up tourist and enjoy mm-hmm. the, the lake for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my top memory is from my first year. Uh, I was rolling by myself uh, and had just come into, I believe it's Castalia is how it's pronounced. Okay. Uh, and I do, I love a good pun. And I remember that the, uh, the retirement community in town uh, on the edge of town when you first came in had updated their sign to say old folks home, <laughs> uh, which just great. Uh, and I remember looking around and thinking, hmm, small town, what's going on here? And I, when I was younger, I'm a photographer now, um, a freelance photographer, but I had wanted to be a photojournalist when I was a kid. And uh, so I've, I've never lost that curiosity for good stories and looking around and saying, what's here? What's going to make a good photo or video or what have you? And I remember looking off to my right and seeing this big white tent and all these people tightly packed under this tent. And there seemed to be nothing going on otherwise. But obviously there was something happening here that was very exciting. And so I just meandered over because I've got nowhere to be. Let's see what's going on. And I asked somebody what was happening. And they said, pie eating contest. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, this is great. This is my first encounter with a pie eating contest on Ragbri. Well, it turned out. It was the official pie eating contest between the Des Moines Register team oh, and, the and the National yeah. and NPR. Um, no pie refused or National Public Radio. Take yeah. your pick, right? Uh, and I am a huge NPR junkie, and so I was very, very excited about this. And had a had a video camera in my bag, and uh, just sort of made my way to the front of the crowd and have a video of the entire thing. And it was there's some magic when people come together randomly over something competitive, even if it's just as simple as pie eating. Right. And that energy was present there. And it was just, it was so cool. And I thought, this is why I'm here. Right. <laughs> I right. came, came for this. And um, I just rewatched the video yesterday and it's, I believe NPR lost because somebody chose to use a fork (laughs) instead of the the good old method of shoving it in your face. Uh, So that was, I'm glad I have that on video because there was uh, much, much commentary on the uh, inappropriate technique for the, for the competition. That's Uh, a lot of good old nature ribbing about that. So that was just, that was really cool. And I, that hasn't necessarily been recreated in rides since, but there've been a lot of other, small magic moments about connecting with people and I think that's why I keep coming back because there are always more friends to meet uh, whether they're Iowans or they they hail from somewhere else right and those magic moments like you you may have been able to plan that day had you known the pie eating contest was going to be at that very moment but instead you just had a great day didn't worry about a thing except riding your bike forward and then you happened upon it like ah it's a great story yeah serendipity i believe in it (laughs) and it's a it's a beautiful thing (laughs) love it love it 
Well, Liz, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed hearing your story. And um, I guess even if we have to do virtual next year, it'll still be fun. Yes, it will be. And I'll figure out another way to make more friends next year with the <laughs> Facebook right. group. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks awesome. for being thanks for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning into the Just Go Bike podcast. And a big thanks to Josh, Gretchen, Sharon, and Liz for taking the time to chat. It was really fun hearing how their week went and how even a virtual event can bring people together. Check out the Morphology Podcast or morphologypodcast.com for more of my interviews with adventurous cyclists. For now, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. This quote comes from Charlie Chaplin. A day without laughter is a day wasted. Think about it.